We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir, uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not right now. No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free stay. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies, brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Today, we're celebrating the 10-year anniversary of Argo, Best Picture winner, a movie voted on to be covered by the Big Screen Sports Patreon group, put up a couple movies having anniversaries here in October. Argo was the winner, a great choice by the patrons. This is one of my favorites. It is as, as highly rewatchable a movie as there is for me personally. Uh, Brian Gill's returning to the show. He's a co-host of Mad About Movies and Spread the Floor. One of my favorite guests, I believe this is the Six Timers Club for Brian on the show. If you like Brian here, if you enjoy hearing us chop it up, he's talking about movies every week, twice a week over at Mad About Movies on their main feed and their Patreon feed. No one does it better than those guys. No one has been in the game as long as those guys. So uh, check them out. As always, want to shout out the Patreon group for supporting this show, for voting on this movie, and of course, our big chill producer level patrons, that is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D, Ryan Yeager, Mike Trish, Chris Mikoski, Andrew Teagle, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zach Rich, Jason Alba, Stephen DeBoe, and Classic Stadium Fire. Big thanks to them and all of our patrons for supporting this show. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash bigscreensports. You get to vote on movies for this show to cover, like this episode in Argo. Going to have multiple polls going up for November. At the very least, patrons get to pick at least two episodes a month. You get to participate in listener questions episodes or uh, or top fives episodes, which is, you know, there's going to be one next week, so tune in for that. You get schedule updates, you get ad-free episodes, you get merch all while supporting this show. Big thanks to everyone who's supporting and future supporters. You might not know it's you yet, but it's you. Thank you. Uh, if you want to support the show for free, just tell a friend. Any friend who likes movies, sports movies, whatever it might be, tell them. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, give me a five-star rating and a review. That would be awesome. So with that, it's me. It's Brian Gill. Let's talk Argo. All right. Returning to big screen sports, the, the newest member of the Six Timers Club on the show. He is the co-host of Spread the Floor and Mad About Movies, Brian Gill. Brian, welcome back to big screen sports. 
Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm very excited to join the club. You did tell me off the air that Steve Martin is waiting in the wings to present me with my jacket, and uh, I I've been looking forward to this my entire life. So thanks for having me. John Lovitz is still uh, still the waiter, at the six timers <laughs> club of big screen sports, all time sketch underrated folks. comedian, <laughs> underrated comedian. I John love Lovitz. everything yeah. everything John Lovitz says there's a uh yeah. not to not to instantly derail but I, there was a i can't remember who's telling it but there was a story recently about him at phil hartman's funeral or like two days after phil hartman died and someone like and they were like best of friends yeah anyways anyways john love it's great he's the best he's the best yeah. uh brian before we get into it tell the folks about spread the floor and then tell the folks about mad about movies yeah spread the floor we're entering i believe this will be our th- third full season or fourth full season it's a it's a weekly basketball show um we we just we get in every week we try to be entertaining to and and to kind of uh hopefully at least we're we're kind of sitting in the middle between um basketball dorkdom and and going over overly hard on 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 weird stats that no one can understand versus and and then people who are just like take machines it's it's no takes, but uh, honest opinions, and hopefully in an entertaining way, uh, on a weekly show. And then Mad About Movies is a is a I think is the longest running podcast of all time, besides Bill Simmons at this point. Uh, it's 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 all that's left. But uh, yeah, it's a weekly review show um, where we talk about usually the biggest movie that's in theaters, sometimes the biggest movie we think that's on streaming, um, and then uh, and then we have a VIP feed as well where you can get a an extra episode, a throwback episode. Um, if you're interested in in that, so like this month we're doing all uh, spooky season movies. So I know what you did last summer and uh, Lost Boys and and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, we've been that's been running for about ten years now, and uh, it's still somehow we haven't been kicked off the yeah. Air. Y'all y'all are the I'm sure old, oldest show in the game, and I'm folks. I'm a member of the VIP feed. You should go join the VIP feed at the uh, the Bad About Movies Patreon. So let's go do that. So. Brian, I tabbed you because uh, today I put a poll in in the Big Screen Sports Patreon group. Couple movies uh, that were having an anniversary in October, they landed on Argo, which was my favorite mm. choice out of, out of the the poll. I don't remember what else there was, but Argo is the 2012 historical thriller, acting under the cover of a Hollywood producer scouting a location for a science fiction film. A CIA agent launches a dangerous operation to rescue six Americans in Tehran during the U.S. hostage crisis in 1979. is based on a true story. Starred Ben Affleck, Alan Arkin, John Goodman, and Scoot McNary. It was directed by Affleck. This movie was a, a smash. One best picture in the 2012 Oscars. Do we want to talk about the 2012 Oscars before we, we dive into art? It's a really good Oscars year, I thought. Great year for movies, man. Yeah. Yeah. This was, uh, this was literally, I went back and looked. you, you, you messaged me and were like, are you guys doing a, a throwback for this, for Argo, um, this month? And I said, no, cause I think we've already done an episode on it. I went back and looked and it is, it's the fourth episode, uh, of, of Matt. <laughs> sure. You guys were right, right in your now. stride in that one. I'm sure there weren't any kinks to work <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that episode is great. Uh, but yeah, that we're, we're like, I, we're close to 900 episodes now. So yeah, it was, a, it was a, a very early one, but yeah, dude, 2012 was a banger year for, for movies. That was a, that was a really good one. And that Oscars, you go back and you look at it and you're like, holy crap, that's a lot of really good movies and good performances that maybe even get overlooked now 12, you know, 10 years down the line. Cause it was, it was just so, it's so good. There's so many people and, and, and movies that, that are of high quality there. 
if you look at the nine best picture nominees, so Argo eventually wins. I would say there's there's five that you could have seen winning, which like in most years, I think it's like two to three. But mm-hmm. Argo yes. wins yeah. uh, Zero Dark Thirty, which I think is, is your favorite of the year. Um, Django, which is my favorite of the year. I love Argo, but I, mm-hmm. I think Django is Django yeah. is a masterpiece. Um, much tougher rewatch than Argo. Silver Linings Playbook. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when that was like a huge thing? Like, yep. A lot yep, of people yep, yep. in on Silver Linings Playbook, and that gets uh, that gets Jennifer Lawrence her Oscar. And then and then Lincoln. You like you had a Spielberg, you know, mm-hmm. biopic with Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis winning Best Actor. Like it wouldn't have been out of the you know, out of the realm of possibility of any of those that want, or even like life of pie, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, just a banger best picture year. Yeah. I think that for me, it, it, I remember at that, that time it was, I'm not sure which of these is the better movie, which should win, but it, but you really couldn't go wrong with zero dark 30 Argo or Django. In my opinion, if you, if, if any of those three movies were, were your pick to be, you know, to win best picture, be the, be the best movie of the year, then I think you're right. You know, it's, it's, those are all really great movies. And, uh, and I think all hold up really well. Django, you're right, is a much harder rewatch. And there's that one, that one gets more difficult. I think with every, <laughs> with every viewing, it's like, yeah. there's a lot that we have to weigh here. I think zero dark 30 is, is borderline a masterpiece movie. I mean, I think it's just, it's so great. And, uh, and I don't really care about the you know, liberties it takes with historical accuracy same. and stuff. Same, same with this movie. That's not the job of the movie. Um, yeah, this movie, this this is easily, I think, of the three at least, is is the most um, rewatchable and uh, and entertain. It, it it man, it does such a good job of of blending entertainment with intensity because it's a really intense movie. And and maybe you kind of forget that first until you're watching the movie again. I think maybe you, at least I do, I kind of forget, man, the first time I watched this, I was like legitimately on the edge of my seat for the, the last like 20 or 25 minutes of the movie. And it, it packs that in really well while also still being a really entertaining movie that doesn't leave you feeling pretty bad about yourself. Maybe the way some of these other movies do. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. This it, is, yeah, this great, is a good old fashioned spy thriller, man. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's yeah. a feel good. Like, you know, especially back then, like movie like this is going to be a hit. It's got the star power of Affleck. A movie like this, I say this as a compliment. I was kind of thinking about this tonight. Could have easily been a B movie, like le- mm-hmm. lesser cast, similar. Pl- you know, could have easily, easily been a B movie. And there are certain aspects that we'll go into that that take it up a notch. But um, very, very fitting best Oscar win, like very deserving. Um, and I, I think the watchability certainly helped. I mean, there are scenes I I love Django and Shane. There are scenes in that movie I'll never watch again. I'll skip through them every time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, Zero Dark Thirty one. It's really long. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the the end, even if it is quote unquote a happy ending, like it's. T- I think the end mm-hmm. it ends with Jessica Chastain like crying silently. Right. Um, right. The, this Oscars, I mean, and this is not what we're podcasting about, but just has like an incredible butterfly effect of if Leo one gets the nomination for best supporting actor and wins, which I think he should have. That what is his next ten years look like when he's no, or at least the mm-hmm. next five years when he doesn't have to do the revenant um and he's, you know he's got he's got his oscars so that interesting thing there um for you this one hall of famer all-star starter bench warmer movie i think he's a hall of famer like i i wouldn't say maybe it, masterpiece is the word that i kind of reserve for the 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 peak you know the the, the the absolute best movies kind of thing i try not to overuse that one but 
it is a great but this is an a plus movie to me and i i uh you know if you have if you have other arguments that's fine but to me it it hits everything that i'm looking for in a what i would consider to be a great movie yeah so it's it's a hall of fame movie to me. same and so it really is and i know we're gonna i've already said this at least once and i'm sure i'll say it again it's really rewatchable and it i think it's pretty rare for a movie to be of the quality of, of this movie and also to be super rewatchable in a mass market, mass audience kind of way. That's just, that doesn't happen all that frequently, I think, especially in this era of of movies. It's not quite the same as like, well, Shawshank's on TNT, so I'm going to rewatch it again. You know, it's it it really has some uh, put in the disc or, or pull it up on HBO Max or whatever else, and you're just kind of locked in for two hours, even though you've seen it many, many times uh, previously, I think. It moves, and there's consistent just great movie moments there it's it's Mm -hmm. loaded with great performances again that's one of the things that elevates it from being a potential b movie like they're you know they're they're thrillers or spy movies or something kind of a dime a dozen on the streamers now there's there's a lot Mm -hmm. of them Mm -hmm. this one has you know you have guys like brian cranston and chris messina who i love just like loaded you know you mentioned shawshank you've got bob gunn you've got the warden from shawshank playing a supporting role in this one um it's (laughs) you know it's it's loaded up and down so there's stuff like that and there's some Thing, like every few minutes in this movie to look for you and it does it does group dialogue really well which is which is really a lot of there are a lot of scenes there there are fewer scenes with like it's one or two people talking there are some great you know one-on-one conversation scenes but they're between the hostages or the the escapees um you know in in washington like one of my favorite scenes is you know when they're they're talking about the options for the for the exfiltration and things like that like a lot of great group scenes where they're letting multiple people kind of chew on some lines a little bit and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and it's just it's really well executed um you know where are you at on affleck as a as a director affleck uh, i guess what are the the three for affleck really it's this the town and uh what is it gone baby gone right Mm -hmm. yeah like yeah and then he he has another one um which now i'm i'm totally uh uh crud it's it's not good um and that's what's why it's it's uh easy to forget oh goodness this is i'm pulling it up now because i'm a bad (laughs) radio person uh i can't remember either it's he didn't direct the accountant something (laughs) <laughs> no he didn't live by night live by night. oh yeah that one. was like, like the mob the, one he that's another gangster, one he, yeah, yeah he stars in yeah yeah he's got a couple of things coming he's doing the 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 sunny vaquero phil knight movie with uh with matt damon which should be could be really great yeah. um should, certainly could be something yes i like i love i think that he one of the things i love about affleck is he's uh you know he's he's young and brash and he breaks onto the scene with with damon and and the two of them, I think, take like the most opposite paths ever. Matt Damon really understands his craft. He uh, is has I either has a great agent or he's just really great at picking scripts. Whatever the the case may be, he he does a great job of of kind of building. And you know, I'm gonna do Saving Private Ryan, where I'm the titular character, but also I'm like the twelfth build actor here. I'm gonna do Ocean's Ocean's Eleven. Um, I'm going to kind of build to where to to Jason Bourne and and the Bourne identity and and we'll you know and then we'll we'll go from there. And so he really builds out a a career for himself that's well-rounded 
that um, allows him to develop a little bit more as an actor, not just a movie star. And as a result, he has this he 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 is almost completely, I think, at this point, insulated from bad movies for unless he did three bad movies in a row um, or five, maybe then he's he's going to be fine because everyone pretty much loves Matt Damon and he has a lot of street cred and all this sort of stuff. Affleck goes the exact opposite and is like any movie that will pay me a lot of money. I am and in. put me and put me on the front of the poster, put put me on the dang poster and. To be honest, you know, can I mean, can you understand? Of course you can. Of course, when you're like, you're gonna pay me ten million dollars to do ba- to do paycheck. All right, sweet, I'm in. Totally in on that. Doesn't take his craft seriously and burns through his. I think the goodwill that he has very very quickly. Um, and then he takes a break post Geely, and he like admittedly is like, I wasn't taking this job seriously, and I'm gonna learn my craft now. And he comes back with Gone Baby Gone which is a really good movie. It's dark and it's not fun to watch and you're going to like, you kind of cringe through most through a lot of it, but goodness, it's so good. It's so well done. And starts and working town, with good people too. Awesome. Like every, everything starts working with good surrounded, people, like yes. taps his brother for, Absolutely. for what he is. Right. He, he humbles himself, I think. And I really genuinely, I think that's a huge part of this is the, the redemption tour with Affleck is earned. It's, it really is. I was kind of making a fool of myself and I was sort of making a fool of this industry in a way or this craft. And there's a way to take this craft seriously without being Jared Leto, you know, and, and I'm going to be serious about it and I'm going to, you know, figure out how to do these things. So I think he's better as a director than he is as any, as anything else, as an actor or anything else. I think he's, he can be a very good actor. And I think you see that in this movie. I think he's very good in that role. Oh, for sure. Um, But also, I don't think he does that role. If if he comes out in uh, out the gates of his like sort of post uh, pause, let's say career pause, and he makes this first instead of Gone Baby Gone, I don't think he, I don't think that he can cast himself if he makes this movie in two thousand seven or whatever instead of two thousand twelve. I think that he has to get a couple of quality movies with quality people under his belt before. He can he can say I'm casting myself in my movie and and I think that that's an important part of of the Affleck redemption and the, the career arc for him is 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 I think really going back and kind of doing things the right way and taking advantage of the, of the second chance that he's that he's given through this and it's one of my favorite Affleck performances it's not incredible by any means it's not one of those mm-hmm. ones where you walk out of the theater and you're like oh my good like that was just a, right. amazing but it. It's so it's so understated and it's it's mm-hmm. so quiet confidence and it's interesting we the, the episode on the show last week was Armageddon and again that, mm-hmm. I mean that's a guy who's 15 years younger but that one is is so so hammy and so loud and I think that's what a lot of those early performances exemplified like really trying to go for it but not really knowing what going for it was like I think Pearl Harbor mm-hmm. is a huge example of that and yeah, I mean totally. and and that. I think reflects on who direct that movie and like the tone of that movie right. is, is well, but um, Affleck in this one is so quiet and so understated. And it really like it, it, it set, he, he follows the tone of the movie really well. Like, and, and that's, I, I, I went and read this book recently, like the Argo mm. by, by Tony Mendez, um, the, the character that Affleck plays or the spy that Affleck portrays. And he seemed like, and you would see that part of being good at the shop is being, quiet quiet confidence being calm being cool under pressure like very very important that's what the performance suggests you mentioned you mentioned jared leto 
And do you think if he had gotten this role, he would have tried to get out of Iran with fake documents? <laughs> Just like that would yeah. have been his move. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like kill a kill a border guard or something because he's just got to get into the the character. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh my god, I can't cannot imagine how obnoxious <laughs> a Jared oh. Leto type would be in this, oh, this it, kind of. Uh, it would have been role. horrible. Would have been horrible. Um, couple couple interesting bits of IMDb trivia in this one. I mean, obviously, like this one is is based off a uh, you know based off a true story. If you read the book, not you know the movie definitely took some liberties. Uh, important liberties that I think really enhance the movie, especially after reading the book, the, you know, mm-hmm. the, everything went, went really smoothly. Uh, they got to the airport at the ass crack of dawn. I think their flight was at five thirty. Everything was really smooth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like that stuff, you know, it was, it was a lot, lot less, uh, no, no, I, no Iranian army or Iranian uh-huh. revolutionary guard yeah. chasing them down. That's a boring ending though. Oh, right? for sure. So, yeah. You know. No, no, uh, no, no location <laughs> visit or anything. No, no site scouting or anything like that. It was, you know, it, it was in and out. Um, but th- this piece of IMDb trivia was my favorite. It has really nothing to do with the movie. During one of the many promotions for this film, Alan Arkin didn't realize that Brian Cranston was a little Miss Sunshine. Surprisingly quoting, get out of here. I had no idea. <laughs> this was due to the fact that both <laughs> actors didn't share scenes together, uh, which I, I just, I love stuff like that. Uh, yeah. I also, yeah. I, I, man, I need to revisit that movie. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. We did that one a couple years ago, maybe last year on, on, uh, on mad about movies and it was it was a fun revisit i hadn't seen it in in maybe once since theaters you know and it was a it was a good it was a good revisit great cast on oh yeah too, yeah honestly. i mean you yeah. tap everyone for you know paul dano and abigail breslin mm-hmm. turn out to be mm-hmm. quality yeah that's a good one um right. Right. this movie was uh roger ebert's last pick for best film of the year last film he, he bestowed with that honor so uh shout out shout out to ebert the reason that there are movie podcasters that's right. That's right. Um, for better or for worse, it's, it's his fault. The, yeah. the first film directed by Ben Affleck not to be set in his hometown of Boston. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not a single mass hole in this movie. He didn't. He, he didn't. He wasn't. He. I'm sure he was tempted. Not a single person. Yeah. Can't even get like a one cutaway scene to a, a Dunkin' Donuts or something. No. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. It's, it's putting a, putting Renner's character from the town in this movie would be exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Renner in the CIA. Um, yeah. Let's take a quick ad break, and then we will get back to the, the new version of what worked. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Okay, we're back. And if you've been listening to this show uh, since the get-go, one, you're a very patient person. Um, <laughs> two, from episode one, I've had the categories of what worked and what didn't work about the movie. Very broad, general categories. Let's just everything that worked, everything that didn't work. We're trying something new. We're changing this to three up, three down. We're going to pick three the three things that that bet, that most made this movie work and the three down, three things that maybe didn't work. For movies like this, I don't know. I struggled for three down and yeah, and, a, yeah. and a strikeout. That was tough. For three up, it was it was a struggle to pick three. What what's like the number one thing about this movie that worked for you? I think. Well, the, okay. I think the I mentioned the intensity up at the top, and it truly I if you're watching this for the first time on HBO Max on a 32 inch Magnavox or something like you may be missing. Some I, I I think I think it still translates, but maybe maybe it doesn't. For me, it's as much about remembering, like legitimately, this is tense. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what's gonna happen here. I remember at the time it reminded me a lot of Apollo thirteen, and I think that's something that Ron Howard, Ron Howard has a lot of not great or or lesser stuff when he's at his best. I think that he drives intensity and pace very very well, and I. I I went to see Apollo 13 when I was like 12 years old. I didn't know the story. And so I genuinely was not sure, are they going to survive or not at the end of this? And I remember coming home and telling my mom, like, holy cow, like it was, that was ridiculously intense and like really stressful as a 12 year old or whatever. Of like, is this going to, is going to happen? And it's similar here. It's like, I've seen a million movies. You've seen a million movies. You kind of know it's pretty unlikely that. <laughs> That they're, I don't know this story, but it's pretty unlikely that they're going to get to the airport and the Iranian guard is going to be like, cool, awesome, and shoot them in the head. And it's, you know, that's how this thing ends. But even still, he drives the tension and the intensity of that so, so well. And it is a long sequence. I mean, it really is a 20 minute scene where you're just like, okay, okay, okay. And just trying to, to breathe in the midst of, everything that is unfolding. So the pacing on that last 20 minutes, I think the whole movie is incredibly well paced and, and really well done, but it takes something special to, to make a, a 20 ish minute scene really hold that pace and that energy and that intensity for the, for the whole 20 minutes and leave you at the end when they fly out and you get the, you know, the, 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 the flight attendant comes on and says, all right, we're, we're exiting Iranian airspace or whatever it is. And they all breathe. And you're like, Oh, I was also holding my breath. Okay, that's a super intense thing, and I've seen this movie a dozen times, and it's still—I think it still holds that intensity. That's that's an incredible feat, in my opinion. And it sets the perfect notes with the tension during that last twenty minutes. Like, it's not overkill. We talked about this with Armageddon last week. Is it just like there's some tense moments, but there's also like overkill. Like, oh, now the something's blowing up and now they hit a gas pocket and now like this mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. the perfect amount of like we've got the checkpoint with the guy with the guy looking for the the matching note or whatever we you know get the interrogation like it is it is very tense and just tonally the movie knows exactly what it is and it doesn't force anything and i love mm-hmm. uh the my favorite tonal points that the movie gets right is the switching off between hollywood and then what's going on in iran like it takes you it takes you into this this Hollywood world and like what it's supposed to be and what they are trying to 
shows you what they are trying to convey with this with this fake disguise or with this fake movie and like the kind of swagger that Affleck's character would try to would try to bring to it, it's I, I love like the there's so much tension in Iran and then there's tension in DC, but it's not the same. And then there's mm-hmm. Hollywood where everything is, is super lax. And then they cut between that multiple times. And it's, it's just really good. Like the, the contrast of the script reading at the Beverly Hilton, and then going from the beginning of the reading to the waiter walking into the kitchen and into the TV. And it reminds us what, what else is going on. Like it's a very movie moment. Mm-hmm. with the the script reading and then it brings back that tension it does a great job of never untethering you too much but also not keeping you tense the entire movie like there are mm-hmm. moments of relaxation i think that's really important no totally it uh getting that balance right i i i don't think that i'm not sure that like people understand how difficult that is to pull off too it's not just Let's throw some jokes in here. Um, there's there's so much to getting the tonal balance right on that to where your jokes or your levity or just like your your almost subconsciously like dropping off the pedal a little bit. Um, those things are really difficult to do well without super drawing your attention to it and i and gosh he affleck does that i think incredibly well i think he does that in his other movie the town the town has a few great like the 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 sequence in in when 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 he walks into the into the room with renner i mean it's the most quoted part of the whole movie but the whole i need you to come with me we got to do this thing and you can't ask me any questions about it and Renner has that like pause and is like, "Well, whose car are we taking?" That's inc- that's a funny. That's so funny. And that's it, where it I need Renner in this movie. Little, like, yeah, totally. There, we got totally. these six hostages in Iran. You can't ask me <laughs> yeah. anything about how they got out. <laughs> right. We're yeah, gonna yeah. break them out. Totally. We're gonna hurt some, totally. we're gonna hurt some yeah. people. It's like whose yeah. identity are we using? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's difficult, man. It's that's difficult to do and and to kind of weave it in in a way that isn't. You don't want the you want the audiences. I'm I'm getting a little filmy and that's stupid, but like because I'm not I'm not film guy, but like you you want the audience's brain to register that you're pulling off the pedal a little bit and that that's a funny oh cool you're we're I can breathe here. This is giving me permission to like ease up for just a second, but you don't want the brain to like fully engage on that either. You want it to be almost like at that subconscious level, uh, and I I mean I think this movie does that very very well like the just just the way that that Affleck especially like he delivers some of the lines that of very matter of factly but they come across like in this this just vaguely comedic tone that you're like Haha, okay all right and then it, it allows you to move to the next beat and that next intense sequence or whatever else in in a um in a way that is not overwhelming I think and on that same note with Affleck talking about delivering lines, it's one of those movies that takes a complex profession and makes you feel like you understand it and what they're mm. trying to accomplish mm-hmm. and why. It's I, I always go back to Unstoppable is one of the best examples of this, of like Tony Scott makes you feel like you understand how, how the train system works <laughs> sure. and something yeah. that you'd never had any experience with at all. And this is... Right. 
And it, right. it's one of my favorite parts of the book is that a lot of it is, is Tony Mendes talking about his career and how they went about things and other exfil operations and like similar mm-hmm. ones. And the one like he had been to Iran, he had gotten, he had helped get, they, they mention it in passing in the movie that he had helped get one of the, the Shah's top lieutenants out. And that's actually a very tense um, exfil of the book, but he, he explains all these things. First, he's explaining it to, the you know the the folks in washington and then he kind of um you know talking when he's talking through their new identities to to the group it's a very it's very it serves as exposition but it's it's Mm -hmm. very organic it's very hey this is this is why we're doing this certain things and i i think it it did a really good job of you feel you are the the audience is in in the know about why they're doing these certain things and and what matters and it doesn't like doesn't fluff mm-hmm. it up this it doesn't it's like a great example of tweaking history for cinematic purpose but not getting too crazy yes yes without getting too crazy and without getting too too into the weeds on it too cuz 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 you're right like unstoppable is a really good example i just rewatched that recently um for for an episode we did on the show and you're exactly right because I don't want to know how to run a train. I don't need. I mean, would I like? I maybe would like to know about how to do an exfil because that seems pretty cool. But like, I don't need to know that for me to appreciate this movie. And the more, honestly, the more you give me, the more likely I am to kind of lose that tonal or or pacing stuff that we're talking about. And I just like cool. It's fun that this is factual. Also, it's a movie, so like you gotta keep me, you gotta keep me going. So, can you do? Can you explain how to do this in a way that, as you said, is organic to the the movie, so that I feel like I'm I'm in the know. I okay, totally, I get this. Um, without making me feel like I'm watching a training video or a documentary or something like that. Yeah, and can you tweak this history to make it more tense and more cinematic, which they do? without making it crazy unrealistic you start getting the yes. payoffs for they they lay the breadcrumbs of certain stuff that will matter and why they need to know their identities and what's going to be at all these checkpoints and oh mm-hmm. you know they'll if if they bring someone they'll interrogate someone who will you know who will know that where's your passport issued vancouver where were we born toronto toronto canadians don't pronounce the t some comate guard is actually going to know that if you're detained for questioning they will bring in someone who knows that yes mary who are the last three prime ministers of Canada? Uh, Trudeau, Pearson, and Diffin Baker. What's your father's name? Howard. What's his occupation? Fisherman. Where were you born? Halifax, Nova Scotia. Which date of birth? February 21st, 1952. Good. What's your job on the movie? Producer. Associate producer. What was the last movie you produced? Uh, high, high and dry. Who paid for that? CFDC. What's your middle name? What's your middle name? What's your middle name? Leon? Shoot him. He's an American spy. Mm-hmm. And got to have the, the receptionist waiting at the production studio and stuff. Cause like, you know, if they would have just gone with the original story, if they would have gotten on their five thirty AM flight, like the only, the only drama was that it was, they thought it was going to be delayed for a little bit. They thought about switching to British airways flight. They decided not to, and they got on their flight, like no problems, but mm-hmm. it was, mm-hmm. it was just these slight upticks in yeah. it, it. Cause it didn't, because of the, the gravity of the situation, it didn't really take a lot of, of them twisting the knife or upping the tension to make things crazy. Cause any little bit of, of hindrance to their plan would, would make things, you know, w- would make things like crazy scary for, for, for sure. these people. So it for sure. just a, a perfect plot for it. Like a, 
Mm-hmm. Need more, need more stuff like this. I need more Xfil stuff. I don't want to step on, yeah, yeah. step on the last. Xfil seemed awesome. I, Let's I, do yeah. more of that. Yeah, Xfils yeah. are great. Um, <laughs> the the last like of three up of like what just the the casting we kind of talked about it. But Same for me. Yeah. It's yeah. it's outstanding. Like all around, they did a great job. Uh, great job with the, um, you know, the hostages or the 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 six. I I thought that was really good. Like Scoop McNair. This was for me. I think this was the first time. I was I was exposed to Scoot McNary and what that man okay. is all about. Okay, yeah, this is a an all timer cast of like <laughs> like old white men that I trust. Still. <laughs> uh, you I know, feel safe with a lot of people. This <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Alan Arkin and John Goodman and Brian Cranston and Victor Garber is is a North American treasure, just a, a delightful man. Um, and uh, Kyle Chandler and you you mentioned uh, Chris Messina and. And Bob Gunton and uh, Titus Williver and I mean it's it is I love a character actor and and by golly they got uh, they got all the character actors uh, for this one and I I I quite love that I enjoy seeing uh, whatever Cranston pop on scene for three minutes and uh, and and Bob Gunton and all these other people it's it's such a such a well rounded incredibly good deep cast. Cranston gets to to get to levels that other people don't, and I really yeah. the the do your do your fucking job like yeah. Cranston yeah. of all the people in this movie to to hit us with the do your fucking job. It, yeah. it, Cranston uh-huh. and Arkin are one A one B for that one for sure for sure. Um, is there a strikeout in this movie? A worst or most head scratching aspect? Um, not enough Kyle Chandler. Uh, that would be that's one. If you're gonna cast Kyle Chandler, let's get him involved a little bit more. I feel like, um. Honestly, dude, I don't know. Like, I, I, I I'm not gonna say that this is a perfect movie because there's there's not very many of those. You know, not 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 everything can be McGruber. Um, but the <laughs> but but like, um, no, I just I think that it is. It's such a tight paced, well scripted, well acted, great. Uh, like the the needle drops are great too. Mm-hmm. We, didn't, we didn't mention that. I mean, yeah, I just, Affleck worked hard for that for getting when the levee breaks with the house guests. Which I mean, dude, if you you should you should work hard if you can get Zeppelin. You should you should work hard to get Zeppelin. That doesn't happen every day, you know. And Scorsese um, pops in out of nowhere. Do you want the Stones? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but gosh, I, I, yeah, I think I think all that stuff. I think it's a really well thought out movie in both its scripting and its execution. And and um, it's it's really I don't know I'm interested to hear what you have to say because I, I I have a really hard time picking out like oh yeah that's a that's an obvious sore spot or or issue here yeah I struggle it doesn't doesn't really take any risks but I'm not mm. going to count that against it because everything goes like it'd be one thing if this movie was a little bland and uh-huh. you were like maybe maybe it needed to try some things but it yeah. it it doesn't take it this movie plays it really safe but I don't fault it for it there's one thing. And this is, again, it works in the movie because mm-hmm. the the thing of hey they're they're pulling the plug on the operation after they do the location scout, and Affleck says or Mendez says like hey they're you know they'll drag them out in the street if mm-hmm. we if we don't mm-hmm. do this like the it, them pulling the plug midway through that operation is essentially sending sentencing them right. to to right. to true. death yeah. and that's yeah. That's not what would have happened, especially because the Canadians were leaving that day. So it's mm-hmm. they were saying, well, we're not even going to try this. They're going to be on their own. Mm-hmm. It worked great for the movie because that Affleck giving Cranston the call of like someone's responsible is 
one of my favorite moments in the movie. Sure. But uh, that that was the only thing where I, I finally this time like watching it, taking notes. I sat back and thought, I'm like, I'm not sure they would have done that. I'm not sure they yeah, would have said. That's true. I don't think this will work, so you shouldn't do it, and let's let them get dragged out of the street mm-hmm. and shot. Yeah, that's a bit MacGuffin-y to get to a great sequence or a great line, you know, a couple of lines of dialogue and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, uh, also, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but having Michelle Obama read the Best <laughs> Picture winner, I, great. I love Michelle. I'm not. I'm not. That's not the problem. But like. As soon as they announced that she was going to be reading the best picture, like, well, it's not Zero Dark Thirty because there's no world in which Michelle Obama from the White House is going to award best picture to Zero Dark Thirty. So it kind of took away some of the drama of that night when you heard like, okay, well, pretty sure this is Argo then. Like, I think that's the way that we're so it took away a little bit of the drama uh, of of, uh, Oscar night. Yeah, no, I, 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 I saw that in the trivia. I forgot about that aspect. Yeah, yeah zero dark. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, no, you're right. Okay, so <laughs> best scene in this one again, well paced. The aside from like the last twenty minutes, I feel like everything else is is very on par. Like there's stuff I like in almost every scene in this movie. I think just the. Starting out, the overthrow of the embassy is the perfect tonal set to start this way. Like, it is incredible. Like, it's so mm-hmm. tense. The camera style. So, this is from the trivia. Uh, director of photography gave eight millimeter cameras out to certain people in the crowd to make the opening scene have what would seem like this actual footage from the right. And that aspect is just such a good choice. It makes you, mm-hmm. it makes you feel like it's, you're right there. It is, I, like, after I finished watching that, I, I really thought I was like, that might be the the actual best scene of the movie for how tense it is. You get the cutaway to them. They're trying to decide if they're going to go. Um, it, it's awesome. Awesome scene. And to add to that too, I, I, I really appreciate the, the prologue that you get before that because, and I, I saw in the research that that was a very intentional choice that, that Affleck made. Um, to have something there that kind of prevents this from just being um, angry Middle he His terminology was like, I didn't want to make an angry Middle Eastern movie. And, and I, so I appreciate, I, I really, I really appreciate the, the, the level of um, care and concern to like, this is a real event. These are real events that happen. This is a real thing that's taking place. We're going to, we're going to talk about that, you know, that story in this movie, but there are reasons why this happened. And I don't want this to become, um, an Islamophobic movie just because of the setting that we're already in there. There is context to what is, what happened here and what we're dealing with. And I, I really appreciate, I think that that's not a choice that a lot of directors and studios would have made on that front. And they might, I, I don't even, I wouldn't even say that it would be wrong to not have that prologue on the front of it. But it, it, it I, to me, it, it gives an extra, it gives an, at least a, a kind of a notice of the extra level of care that is, that was put into trying to make this the best movie that it could possibly be by not just, cause you're right. That's that, that, that first scene is incredible and it's tense and it it puts you directly into it, and I think that it it took your like your criticism is totally correct that it doesn't take a lot of chances. I think that is one spot where as a 
as a filmmaker, that's a bit of a chance to, instead of starting here at a really emotionally high, tense level, I'm going to give you this thing that's going to contextualize everything that's about to happen in this movie, even if that's not necessarily would have been necessarily the, the, the popular choice to make to tag that prolong prologue onto the, the front of the movie. I love that. I think it's, I think it's a stroke of, uh, of, of real craft uh, to, to making this movie. Because as audiences, especially the preceding 10 years, especially post nine 11, yeah. we have gotten yeah. used to middle East bad. And that's, we've gotten it there. People from the middle East, either unnamed terrorists, specific countries, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. They are the bad guys in a lot of our movies, a lot of American movies for the mm-hmm. preceding 10 years. And you're exactly right. What they chose. This is where this source of, of, of anger and frustration. This is this is where this crowd is that that America essentially harboring this man who a lot of these people viewed as destroying their country, causing suffering. When they go on the location scout, the guy who's super mad at the the guy who's angry over the picture, the the translator that their guide explains that this man is saying that the Shaw killed his son with an American gun. We're putting actual. Mm-hmm. We've rarely see the motivations right. uh, in, For sure. in cinema, especially especially at that time. And so, yeah, I agree. That one's that, I mean, crucially important and a really yeah. good choice. I love that. The other other scene real fast, the only other scene that I really dig, you, you already kind of touched on it is in it's, it's not like a super intense sequence or anything, but the, when they're in that room talking about their options for the X fill here, I think it's, it's, I'm really, <laughs> Watching it this time around, my brain is like working through like, what if this was a Sorkin movie and the the dialogue that's just flying back and forth. And I love Sorkin. And I think that, that this is a movie that could have worked for that because it does have that kind of pace to a, a lesser level of pace, obviously, but, but the same kind of like characters talking. It's a talkie. There's a lot of talking that's going on. And that's, that's a big part with Sorkin. It'd but. be so rapid. Bicycles. Oh Bicycles my gosh. With two yeah. wheels, three wheels. Yeah. We're, we're giving right. Training. Bradley Whitford is there no matter what. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, it's all good. But I think that scene is great because it, it, it gives you a sense of how messed up and, and kind of desperate this situation is. Um, in kind of a, in a, in a conversational way in a, and, and, and also kind of like shows like, Hey, this guy really knows what he's talking about because here's all these things that they're throwing out as ideas and how many of us have been in a room with a boss or whatever, who's throwing out an idea that everybody, that the people who really know what they're doing are like, that's never going to work because of this thing that you're just not, you don't understand because you're not doing this. And, I wrote my notes uh, that this is the that. big thing that like 90% of people in any job are just as dumb as anyone else. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, yeah, it's like your, your intentions are great and it, that's awesome. But like, also it's not going to work. And let me tell you why. And, and, uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm the expert here for, for kind of a reason. There's not a good way to do this. That's the thing. That's and where the quiet confidence in their performance mm-hmm. is best because yeah. if Affleck's character had been arrogant about it and like, he yeah. doesn't, doesn't call him dumb. He, he point, mm-hmm. he points out some serious flaws. Like it's a 300 mile, 300 mile bike ride. It's the winner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, point the thing about them being soil researchers, like just points out calmly mm-hmm. picks apart this idea. This is why this isn't going to work. I'm not being, I'm, you know, Hey, you guys are trying, I'm trying and gives us the X fills are like abortions line, which, um, right. 
Right. That's certainly a choice, but again, yeah. quiet yeah. confidence <laughs> that endears us more to the character. And it can, it, that puts us along for the ride of, okay, Hey, this is the guy we're going to, we're, we're going to trust. We, we feel safe mm-hmm. with this guy. We feel like he's going to get these people out of it. Or you could just send in training wheels and meet them at the border with Gatorade. It's 300 miles to the Turkish border. They need a support team following them with a tire pump. We were just asked to sharpshoot this. State is handling the odds. I'm sorry, who is this? Tony's an Xville special. He got a lot of the Shaw's people out after the fall. Sir, if these people can read or add, pretty soon they're going to figure out they're six short of a full deck. It's winter. You can't afford to wait around till spring, so it's nice enough to take a bike ride. The only way out of that city is the airport. You build new cover identities for him. You send in a Moses. He takes him out on a commercial flight. Yeah. Right. I want to, before we get into everything in Iran, because I feel like once he lands in Iran, everything is, everything is good. Like every, every, <laughs> yeah. every scene is really good. I, yeah. I want to give, this isn't the best scene in the movie. Richard Kind and Alan Arkin dueling yeah. over the script. I could, uh-huh. that scene could have been 45 minutes long. <laughs> that would have been the risk I needed yes. this movie to take is you just yeah. have Richard Kind and Alan Arkin dueling it. Like that for me, I always forget about it. I'm like, this might be my favorite, my favorite yeah. moment in the movie. Different than the best moment in the movie, that might be my favorite moment in the movie. Well, what can I say? Congratulations. But see, it kind of worries me what you said. Let me tell you why. A couple of weeks ago, I was seeing a trade of Vicks. I was enjoying a Mai Tai when my pal Warren Beatty comes in. He wishes me well. We had a little chat. Seems he was attached to star in Zulu Empire, which was going to anchor that MGM slate. But Warren confided in me that the picture's gone over budget because the Zulu extras want to unionize. They may be cannibals, but they want health and dental so the movies can put. Which means that the MGM deal ain't gonna happen and your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. So, the way it looks to me, through the cataracts, I grant you, is that you can either sign here and take $10,000 for your toilet paper script, or you can go fuck yourself. With all due respect. Arkin is so, so good. Oh, and he's, and he's I, I mean, you know, Oscars and everything, but he is is also just so much fun. It is fun to watch him on this on screen during this. I mean, he's had this incredible career forever and ever and ever, but it's fun to see him in this little window where he has an, a new phase of his career and good. I mean, he's just, del- I mean, he is just hammering lines and, uh, and delivering fun se- scenes and sequences and stuff. Yeah, that's that's a that's a blast watching those two bicker back and forth and and Affleck just kind of like stuck in the middle of it and just like, oh, okay, cool, you know, <laughs> it's a blast. There's not a scene that he's in that he doesn't win, mm-hmm. and yeah. and a, Affleck's Affleck's character is certainly not going through that. Like he is meant to Alan Arkin's character is meant to stop the show, but like during right. the script reading. That's that's who you're looking at. Um, mm-hmm. You know this scene with Richard Kind. Richard Kind, great in a little cameo here, but um, you know the the scene when him and Goodman the, during the most tense part of the movie, when him and him and Goodman are standing outside watching that yeah. like, bad yeah. cop F it, drama. I'm in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just in, walks across. I'm in the yeah. movie. Great sequence. We're in the movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. really good. Is there, <laughs> is there any? I, I would say that from the moment they arrive at the airport that to the clearing Iranian airspace is I would consider that one, one scene, one sequence. I, I, that's, it's hard to top anything. It's hard to top that. I mean, I think it almost, I would, there are breaks in there, but I think it almost, I would say that scene kind of starts when, before they leave the house, even like before they leave the, 
the Canadian ambassador's house. Like that you, you just kind of been primed for it with when the levy breaks and they're, the conversation that he has with with Victor Garber before they even leave the house of like you got to, I'm not kidding you have to get out of here right now like you're on the train okay we're on the train okay cool and it's now we're getting in the car and the and the, the music's kind of kicking up a notch and stuff and so yeah I don't know exactly how long that sequence is in my in my head it's it's 20 minutes at least but it is a a really and then you have that kind of like the narration voiceover kind of thing or the little cutback scenes of him coaching them through the first stop, the second stop, the third stop. And, um, and then as you mentioned, now we're going to let's add in what's happening stateside too. And that's super intense and lets you let's, let's arc and do some acting. Let's crance and do some acting. And, uh, scoot scoots, big moment. And scoots great. Yeah. Yeah. Comes through in, in the biggest moment and stuff. Yeah. Awesome, man. It's, and it's, again, it's hard to hold that kind of pace and drama and tension for, for three minutes, let alone for for twenty or whatever. That's Apollo tough, thirteen, tough like off. you said, is a really really good comparison for that. Mm-hmm. Essentially, from when they start that final descent, when it's uh, yes. when they're trying to what is it like the he's trying to get like the aim on yeah. essentially yeah, yeah. like from that moment, like that is yeah, the, really good comparison, and I think that's why you leave this movie in such a rush. You leave this movie with a little adrenaline, and yes, I, I think absolutely. that that, yeah. that had to have helped the Oscar votes, and mm-hmm. then you mm-hmm. you know with that um best quote feel like there's an obvious best quote with this one <laughs> um and i think yeah. Ar- arkin says it best, the argo fuck yeah. yourself the argo is the thing like jason and the golden fleece or what no no it's the ship it's the it's the spaceship it goes it goes everywhere it goes all all throughout space so it's the argonaut no well, what does argo mean i don't know you don't know it means Argo fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There are a couple other really, like, really good ones. Uh, Arkin, if, if I'm doing a fake movie, it's going to be a fake hit. Yes, that one's probably my favorite, I think. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Um, Cranston that gets to gets to chew on a few. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's when they're taking, at, when he's taking Affleck to pitch the idea and he's going to uh, Bob Gunn, he's going to the warden from Shawshank and the other guy. And he says, brace yourself. It's like talking to those two old fucks from the Muppets. <laughs> which is, which is as, as someone who loves the old guys from the Muppets, yeah. that one's big for me. Yeah, um, yeah it's, uh, yeah. And then Affleck has a really good one um, when he's, he's kind of holding court with the house guests. And they're, a lot, they're bombarding him with a lot of questions, especially Scoot. He's, this is what I do. I get people out and I've never left anybody behind. Yes, like, sir. Yes, let's sir. go. Let's, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I love that. I love that arc and line that you mentioned. And I, you mentioned it previously, but the, you know, his we're responsible line is a great, a great line as well. And is delivered less Oscar Beatty than, than it really could have been. Like, you know, I mean, I like, uh, I love like Mark Ruffalo is great. Like spotlight, incredible <laughs> movie that you never want to rewatch again. But the like the scene that like really is like this is my Oscar moment is I wouldn't say cringy, but it's it's a little bit like you can it's almost like you can see the reflection of a, an Oscar in his eye when he's like delivering that line. I don't know if Affleck is like, you know, aware of that when he when he makes that statement, when he delivers that line and is like, let's pull back or if it's 
that he's not as good of an actor or what I don't know I don't know what it is but but he does deliver it in a way that feels like it's it's powerful and it, but it's not like this is my chance to win an Oscar right here. So yeah, I kind of dig that. Yeah, so. he, I don't mind. By the way, I don't mind going for an Oscar. Go for an Oscar. No, you yeah, an Oscar. You only get so uh, many boy. chances. It's the same <laughs> yeah. thing when he's at the door. Yeah. He's like, time to go. Very understand. Yeah. Like time to go. Matter for, for sure. Matter for of sure. fact. Yeah, I think he really understands the concept of, um, this guy's a spy. Like he can't be. You know, if he's overly effusive, if he's somebody who's going to draw attention to himself, that you know, like my my mom. My mom loves Magnum PI so much, the original one. And I you know, it's great. Whatever. Tom Selleck's Selleck, last man. at that time. He's driving a freaking red like Lamborghini <laughs> or something. He's not he's not he's not sneaking up on anybody. They're all you know, every single person that he's following is like, huh, there's a really expensive car right behind us. You know, I mean, uh so I think there's some there there's a little bit of of I definitely think there's some understanding on on Affleck's part of like this guy has to kind of blend in and be chill and non-effusive and like you said like hey it's time to go okay like subtle <laughs> just it's got to happen or or he's not a real character you know he can't be real to what what this person was is you know it's the james bond fallacy and that like everyone anytime he walks in a room knows he's a spy <laughs> like hmm, i wonder who the dude in the eight thousand yeah, dollar yeah. suit driving the right, hundred thousand right. dollar that's car the is. hottest person i've ever seen <laughs> in my life even if i don't know that he's a spy i'm gonna watch him because look at that guy you know I'm also, I think I'm the weird person in this conversation because despite the subject matter, I could rewatch Spotlight every, I think Spotlight is incredible. I love Spotlight. Oh, it's an incredible movie. It just, it makes me real bummed out. Oh, yeah. Really, really bad. Oh, yeah. I mean, a bummer, but yeah, Yeah. I love Spotlight. Um, Okay, this is a tough category. I'm not even sure we needed this. Most athletic moment. I'm, (laughs) the dude, the, uh... (laughs) The dude who gets the phone call in the Iraqi or the, the Iranian airport, uh, mm-hmm. who then has mm-hmm. to sprint through an entire airport, truck sticks a woman to relay the news like that. That's <laughs> he seems like he's running fast. I'm going with uh, a non-traditional. I'm a I'm a I'm a Mavs fan, so my uh, my Luka Doncic is is a non-traditional athlete. I'm going with um, the guy who is piecing together the the uh, the shredded documents that's that's an athletic talent in my opinion that's like that's in pe when they made you do cup stacking <laughs> which was which is not something we did when i grew up in virginia and then i moved to texas and that was a thing that we did in pe which i was very bewildered about but yeah that's 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 skill that's like uh to me that's like doing a sudoku or something like that yeah like I, I would say that takes that takes yeah. uh an athletic brain okay this category is very difficult. Lenny Harris Pinch Hitter Award for Best Supporting Character. Oh, man. Who's in the movie too much? Is it, <laughs> you could make an argument that it's literally just Affleck. And that's the cool yeah, thing about this point. movie, yeah. too, is yeah. that like he's the connecting thread, but he, I mean, he, the entire movie orbits around him for the uh-huh. most part. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness. Um... So not, nominees. Uh, the entirety of everyone in Washington. I would say if you're picking one person in Washington, I would say it's Cranston. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you've got like Kyle Chandler in there and Chris Messina, Philip Baker Hall in this movie. For oh, him. the legend. RIP. Yeah. Um, yeah. Goodman and Arkin, which you could yeah. easily make a yeah. case. Um, Scoot as, as, as of the house guest. I would say it's Scoot. Although shout out to Roy, Roy Cochran. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Dazed and confused his own. And then mm-hmm. uh, Victor Garber, yeah. really good. Victor Garber is mostly a gem, but sometimes he's a bastard and like he's got good range there. <laughs> yeah, um, he's he rules. Yeah, to me, he's always he's Mr. Andrews yeah. apologizing to uh, to Rose for not building a better ship, which is very <laughs> yeah. deeply sad. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. What's your what's your go to here? Is it Arkin? I think it's got to be Arkin because I mean he got the I mean he was nominated for the Academy Award and uh, he he shouldn't have won it because uh, Christoph Waltz is incredible and and DiCaprio is incredible that year too. So I I think it's got to be Arkin. But gosh, I mean truly one of the deepest supporting casts of uh, maybe uh, certainly of the era. I mean uh, there's just there's so many names here and faces and and oh there's that guy at, at least even if you don't know. Uh, Victor Garber's name, or or uh, whatever, Scoot McNary, or or any Philip Baker Hall is maybe like the most like oh that guy actor of all time. So I mean it's a it's a ridiculously deep cast, but I kind of think you got to go Arkin. Goodman does the is like the the f- cheerful Hollywood pessimism. Like he's he's such a joy. So this same year, Goodman does this, and he does my favorite Trouble with Curve. Oh, um I forgot he was in that. Yeah. I know you rewatched it recently. God bless you. But yeah, um, it's and it's amazing. I was thinking about it while I was watching this. Like it is amazing. Same actor, same personality. <laughs> in a in a good film with a good script and a poor film with no idea what it's doing. And it's just amazing mm-hmm. how you feel about that person watching yeah. the movie. And he's sure. he's sure. great in this. But uh, yeah, I think Arkin Arkin takes the cake. But if Arkin was not in this movie, it would be it would be a bloodbath for this category. For sure, for sure, yeah. It's just it's so deep and and I think that it's I think this is becoming a bit of a lost art, um, especially as we move into like more and more streaming movies and stuff. It like there's a real art to being a character actor and and playing. It's not the same as a more note notable is the wrong term, but like a bigger, let's say a bigger star just for lack of a better term. It's there is a difference between at least to me, but between a great character actor performance and a, and a, and a star taking a smaller role. Does that make sense? And, yeah. And, and I, I think I it's streaming. Think, I think we're recording this. I think Amsterdam comes out on Friday. Th- that's the movie I'm thinking of too. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and it's it's cool that I mean it's maybe not cool because David O. Russell is a bad person. David O. Russell stinks. It, yes, it, it's it's ta- you know ta- replace David O. Russell with with director X whatever. It's cool that you can assemble all that talent, and I, we see this too a lot with the streamers because it's it's. That's where the money is, and so it's it's kind of easy to be like, hey, we need uh, we got a fifth build character, we need to get Guy Pearson here or something. But like it it's or or hey, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have Mark Wahlberg slum it, you know, down to a the the sixth build person or something. But like there's there's something that I think sometimes that works really well, but I also think that there's 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 a bit of loss in my opinion when you have when you perpetually rely, it's like, it's like, I know I'm, I'm just rambling on, but it's like Saturday night live when Saturday night live brings in a million guest stars to fill the roles. I feel like that's a loss for the show. It's fine when they pop up once in a while, but if you're dependent on what celebrities can we get to be in these roles this week, and then we'll work on next week tomorrow, you know, that I think it strips Saturday night live of what it, it does well when it's good is of, 
what can these people do? What can the the cast members do? It's I don't. It's cool that John Hamm will come on the show, but like I rather that the cast members be good and know how to do these things. And and anyway, I, I it it's there's something to be said for instead of stacking the cast with a listers, let's stack the cast with a list character actors instead. And I think in a, I think a lot of times you get a a greater depth of um, environment and character and stuff when when you can do that and th- but you can't always do that you can't always get 20 people who are incredibly good at everything they do and they'll be in the movie for five lines you know but this good gracious they did with this one yeah well and it's it's so valuable as a movie watcher like especially and i would say someone who's not super plugged in like when you see um i i think of like tim blake nelson when i mm-hmm. see him in a movie i'm like god damn that guy puts everything into these roles and like sometimes mm-hmm. like uh mm-hmm. what was the um just mercy the one with jamie fox yeah, yeah. and michael yeah. b jordan mm-hmm. when tim blake nelson plays another another inmate a guy who testifies i think against jamie fox character something like that and like just a great role like that and philip baker hall is another one of these people yeah, like he's uh sure. philip baker hall in rush hour as uh as chris rock's lieutenant or whatever is mm-hmm. awesome like awesome comedic yeah. performance and he's got two scenes maybe He's got one yeah. scene with Chris Rock and then he's got like a phone call where he's like ribbing him and with all the other cops like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stuff like this is just yeah and you're you're exactly right that it is either the um the star-studded ensemble like Amsterdam or like I I love um I I love all the Wes Anderson movies but like something like French yeah. Dispatch where there's not sure. it's not really character actor it's like ever like for Wes Anderson Adrian Brody is a character actor and that, right, that right, man right, has right. an Oscar yeah. um or the Netflix thing where it's like you got you know you got your two two stars and then a you know bunch of randoms like yeah th- this is because the, there are major th- this is Breaking Bad is going on I think with when this is happening and you've got yeah. Cranston mm-hmm. but like yeah, Cran- sure. Cranston loves taking stuff like this like Cranston yes. will be th- this has kind of been his he came up like this but like Garber yeah. I would say Garber's a character actor. Uh-huh, like you yeah, get you get yeah. a bunch you could have seen a um you could have seen a path for Scoot McNary where he's just a character actor for mm-hmm, you know he mm-hmm. he's been able to outshine that in a few roles but they they grab like Tate Donovan that's a character like right. it's just incredible that like they it's it's so valuable when movies do this mm-hmm. I mean it, mm-hmm. it, not to like it basically exactly what you said like it's just so valuable and it and it, it, it improves the movie so much and it mm-hmm. it is like. It it is important to not take away like if Tate Donovan was played by Matt Damon or something like that yeah. or some, someone someone yeah. like that it would it would truly take away from the movie in in in, in yeah. some ways it, it would give certain things but it would take away in certain things mm-hmm. and um yeah th- this one does a great job um okay this is a category this is a newer category you have not been on our show since we had this best time worst time. Character who had the best time throughout the course of this movie. Character who had the worst time throughout the course of this movie. This uh, this care this category was created organically when we did speed. When we decided, like, okay. we were just talking about okay. like who had the worst day. Um, I think I mean Arkin. I think definitely are uh uh the, the that's definitely the best time. He has a blast. Like he, he's having a good time no matter what. And there's no stakes. For, I mean. There is stakes. People could die if he messed up, but he's not going to die. No, so it's it's, he, it's fine. He's having uh, a good time. I think Affleck is having a great time. I, that character. We yeah. we said this with with Armageddon last week. We're talking about Billy Bob's character. Like guys who this is their job, 
thrive mm. in the smoke. Like they're happiest when when the weight of the world is on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. so. I feel like Athlex mm-hmm. having a good time. Yeah. If you don't thrive under this pressure, you're not doing this gig for very long. No, it's, it's, you sh- it's, uh, shouldn't be a spot. It's one one botch job and you're and you're done. I think so. Worst time yeah. has a lot of contenders. <laughs> I, I would so I would say I actually picked my worst time two minutes in the movie. Essentially, the guy, the I'm going outside to reason with them guy. <laughs> <laughs> which we didn't talk about that. That's probably something that doesn't work is that guy is just like, you yeah. know what? This angry mob, I'm going to, I don't speak Farsi. I'm going to go outside and reason with him. That's, that's the most, that's the most white guy kind of privilege <laughs> that you can have. Just hey, like, fa- hey, fellas, uh, calm down. I bet they'll listen to me. Yeah. And, and instantly, you know what? People love it when you say, Hey, calm down. It'll be fine. Like that's a, that's this a- guy in two <laughs> seconds goes from I'm going to go outside and reason with them to instantly blindfold on begging his compatriots to Having open the door. Having his head banged against the door, yeah. It reminded me of the scene in Young Frankenstein where he tells them, like, under no circumstances let me out of this and as soon yeah, as he gets yeah. in he's like i've made a terrible mistake and he starts yelling <laughs> at them to, to let him out it's like that and so like that guy and everyone yeah, else yeah. in the embassy and like not to shine a light on what i'm sure was a traumatic 444 days but like those people had a terrible time but that yeah. guy specifically had an <laughs> awful awful time from the get-go <laughs> Yes, that's a great, that's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. We we don't see these guys have an awful time, but the yeah. the group that interrogates them at the airport and then yeah. gets wowed yeah. by Scoot's story about the movie, they yeah. I don't think they were on the job for much time. longer. No. <laughs> no, and 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 that doesn't mean that they're like going yeah. to look for a new gig on Indeed. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think best case scenario think, uh, they were sent to. A I think new camp. country is best case scenario there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I I definitely think uh, <laughs> not to be crass, but I definitely don't think Scoot's character had a normal poop for like the <laughs> entire time that he was in this situation. No. He just he he definitely. I think he maybe was paying the consequences of that for a very a very long time. Uh, not that anybody that was like, I'm thriving was, here. Yeah, but, everyone uh, in that house was yeah. tense, but Scoot was wired. So I mean, Scoot was uh, he was Cameron from Ferris Bueller. Yeah, 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 absolutely. He was absolutely. he was wired very tight. You know who else has a bad time is the guy taking them on the location scout because he's really excited about this. He's like, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. oh, he, they're gonna film a movie this in is Toronto, a big chance. and yeah. then like, and then the crowd starts crying. And he's like, oh no, oh no, they're ruining my <laughs> right. moment. Like they made a huge mistake. Yeah, <laughs> tougher. Man, best time, worst time, always delivers. That's good. I like it. That's a new, that's a good addition. Um, I'm gonna skip over roster moves. Because we just okay. we just yeah. talked They're about perfect. how good a category, yeah. like how good a cast this is. I like it. The big chill. I think this has one one contender and one contender only is when they clear Iranian airspace. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. You literally, literally, as the audience. I I mean I'm not I I probably seen this movie Kyle t- at least a dozen times I would guess, and again even for for you know to watch for for this this uh this episode it's it's okay like a big deep breath didn't totally realize that i was like breathing short and all this sort of stuff it's absolutely agree with you it's it's there's no other contenders here 
was watching it with my wife and when they're getting inter when they get pulled into that side office and they're getting interrogated, yeah. I said, I've seen this movie a hundred times. I know they're going to get out. <laughs> I am so stressed <laughs> watching yeah. them interrogate. Absolutely. So that moment Same. when they, Same. when the plane clears the airspace is like, yeah. is just, it's pure bliss. It is mm -hmm. so good. Mm -hmm. So good. Yep. Like it sets you up for it. Uh, yeah, no, it's so good. And it, two also just real quick, like, really kind of the stuff that I was talking about earlier of like trying to subconsciously get your brain to register these things, having the sequence when he flies into Iran and they come around and, and they, you hear the, the boom and the, the flight attendant says this, we're coming around, we're going to take your alcohol cause we've, we've entered Iranian airspace. So you're, it's, it's like a Pavlov's dog kind of thing of like, you're primed when you hear that boom of, Okay, all right. That that tells me that I'm that I'm free. It's a, that's a really smart little. I mean, maybe I'm giving him too much credit and being film bro, but I think that's a really smart uh, little addition earlier in the movie that kind of primes you for what's going to come later. Yeah, I like they they do kind of the mirror imaging of setting mm -hmm. it up. The he gives away the gives away the drink, gives away yeah. gives away the yeah, whiskey yeah. Uh, when he when he enters Iran and does the does the the little tag or a little sheet of paper or things like that mm -hmm. when he gets into mm -hmm. Iran. It's, it's really, really good. Um, last category before more short prequel, sequel or remake. I think remakes obviously off the table. Um, I, this is more not a re like, I, I would like a, a Netflix series on X fills. It's like one guy. It's like the, you could base it on Tony Mendez, but like his career, like each episode is an X fill. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm a hundred percent in on that. That sounds awesome. X fills sound awesome. I mean, we, we just we we maybe I love spy stuff. I love Cold War stuff. I you know anything that that falls into that category, I'm I'm all in. Like I just <laughs> we talked about like hey, let's maybe not be Islamophobic on in these movies. I'm rewatching Twenty Four kind of in the background right now, and I it's like yeah, some of this is not aging very well, but also Jack Bauer is awesome and. Some of the stuff that he does is is just incredible. I'm all in on that. That sounds awesome. That uh, that needs that Netflix needs to be on the horn with you like right now. We got to get that done. Yeah, more more stuff like this. The the last like the last thing with with this category. The last thing I'll leave you with is like we always say, oh, they don't make them like this anymore. And like yeah, <laughs> Hollywood's changed in the last ten years. Mm -hmm. I feel like they actually don't like yeah. the th the historical thriller loaded cast like this movie. If it's made now, is Netflix or Prime, and it's maybe mm -hmm. got you. You recognize the leading man, but it's like, yeah, it's Chris Pratt. Yeah, it's Chris, it. it's Chris. It's Chris Pratt, or mm -hmm. it's um, you know, even like, like a B, like the guy who's uh, like the guy who's uh, leading the Jack Reacher show now, the guy from Blue Mountain State. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's, yeah. it's, so, it's uh -huh. someone like that, or it, it's more of like, right. hey, this you're gonna spend um. You know, you're going to spend two hours with this movie and you're, you know, it's something you're going to watch on a plane. And I, I yeah. think that's, I think that's much more likely that a, a movie like this than, mm -hmm. um, yeah, they, they like, they really don't, they really don't do movies like this anymore. No, uh, it, it, there's a lot of things that, that Holly, I mean, I hope that some of this stuff is cyclical, but, but. I think that the streaming, I just don't know that we know what streaming era is going to to bring for the future. I think we can kind of prognosticate is that the one that's not really a word? Doesn't matter. I think we can kind of we can kind of like project 
maybe vaguely like what the next five ish eight maybe years are gonna be but like i don't know i don't know that we know yet what the lessons of the streaming era are going to be and and what what is cyclical that's going to come back around and what is actually just lost now and is a thing that's not going to happen again and um yeah, I, I I think that it's much more likely that this movie becomes a six-part Netflix series or gets kind of dumbed down and turned into uh, um, a Chris Pratt series or, or or something or something along that those lines. So I hope that eventually some studio or studios picks up on the gap that exists there and starts filling that gap with with adult movies um that's you know we talk about that a lot on on mad about movies it's just kind of lamenting the loss of the 50 million dollar adult budgeted mm-hmm. movie you know and and um and it's cool that that we have eight streaming services and stuff and you can watch all kinds of certain whatever it's cool that all that stuff exists but i i hope that eventually one of the things that we that, that 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 the studios learn is that it's not necessarily that we have to abandon the kind of mid-tier level of of movie it's that we have to kind of adjust what mid-tier means because you're not going to make a profit off of a movie like this anymore or if you do some of them are top gun maverick is mm-hmm. the biggest movie of the year um i think that that's probably more of a fluke and of a lot of things coming together to make that happen more so than it is indicative of what it, because that's also a big budget movie. So I'm, I'm not trying to make the compare that it, it, it feels like if it doesn't have capes and superheroes in it, then it's, there's no chance of it, it making money right now. And I think part of that needs to be, why are we spending $80 million to make a movie that probably should have been like more like 20, like you have a chance to make money on this movie don't worry, darling. Turned out to be kind of a disaster, obviously from like a PR standpoint. Mm-hmm. But even beyond that, I would say, if I'm in that room, I'm I'm saying, why, guys? I'm not saying this can't work. I I like all these people that are involved here, but like, why are we? This is not a sixty or seventy dollar, seventy million dollar movie. This is like a twenty or thirty million dollar movie, and eventually that has to trickle into, um, you know, less. <laughs> I, I I fear that eventually it will become uh more about like the 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 second level cast, the craft services, the scripting, you know, all this sort of stuff is gonna have to take a major pay cut or not be involved at all. But really it feels like everyone has to take a little bit less so that we can make these kinds of movies because everyone seems like they want to make these kinds of movies. So there's got to be a little bit of give and take on that. Does that make sense? I don't yeah, know. I'm no, only it's, like going on and on at this No, because the thing is the mid-level thriller relied mm-hmm. so much on DVD sales and rewatchability. Yeah, absolutely. Like th- yeah. this movie, yeah. this is one of like probably the last, like you got to get the DVD, you got to catch mm-hmm. it on TNT or FX or right, whenever, right, whenever right. it's coming on or yeah. something like that. Like th- that's why, they, I mean, they made a million of these in, in mm-hmm. from 90 to 2000. Yeah. Uh, just a, a ton of them um mm-hmm. you know and like guy guy has to save the day right that right, just right. the easiest simplest you know it and they they make so much less mm-hmm. but 
you know, this is the movie that again, it, like if something like this comes out in the theaters, even like a mid-level thriller, like a mid-level adult thriller, I'm I'm mm-hmm. super in, but not yeah, enough totally. not enough people are in, and there's not yes. going to be the DVD sales to pick it back up, right? right. And it's just Absolutely. it's yeah. that that part is a bummer. But th- I mean, like yeah. this one is it should have wide appeal. Like in, in movies, mm-hmm. there will be, you know, a movie like this could have caught lightning, could catch lightning in a bottle. Like if this came out now, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it does. And like, yeah, you, Top Gun Maverick had all those factors in, but like maybe this movie makes 80 to a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. if it, if it becomes the thing you need to see, but there are movies out right now that are woman King. I hopefully seeing it next weekend, yeah. like heard, yeah. heard really good things, but like, that's that's not going to do well. It's not doing well, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's um, you know it, it, it's it's a bummer. But this movie yeah. rules. Yeah, love this movie, man. It's it's again like it really it's it's surprising to me ten years down the line how rewatchable this, that it is. And I think that's a I think that's a big part of why it's so successful still ten years is that it's like I re, again I rewatched probably the dozenth time and I was like this freaking rules. It's fun to watch. It's it's easy to watch, even when it's super intense and stressful and stuff. It it doesn't leave you feeling bummed out. Um, and uh, and you know I just I think a lot of a lot of best best picture winners and and contenders don't really it it sometimes it feels like we have to sacrifice like top top level quality for rewatchability and i love when those two things can go together yeah um and and that this is a great example of that it's cool that this movie is for everybody for every adult for sure like there's something yeah. like we can watch with our wives like I, right like totally yeah it's um yeah they need to make more like it but man this was fun always a pleasure to have mm-hmm. you on chopping it up tell the folks where they can follow you check out your shows yeah you can find uh spread the floor and mad about movies on any podcast player um i think we're we're in everything there and if, if you listen to mad about movies and and somehow you like what you heard um you can get more of it at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash vip join that vip get an extra episode and some other fun perks and stuff at discord access you know all that good stuff as well um but we you know, we hope hopefully we're we're doing entertainment um, and also some thoughtful movie reviewing, and it's not just film broing or uh, Chris Farley uh, remember when kind of stuff that sort of bridges the gap between those two things. I I hope anyway. Yeah, no, yeah, they they did great work. Everyone go check them out. If you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rainly review if you're an Apple Podcast or Spotify new episodes every Monday. If you want to support the show and if you want to vote on movies for the show to cover, like Argo, you can go to patreon.com slash sports. Support the show there. If you're a baseball fan, check out my interview series from Phenom to the Farm. That's presented by Baseball America. It comes at you every other Tuesday. As for Big Screen Sports, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 
Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.